do you crave daily motivation and want valuable tips for dealing with the stress of type 1 diabetes? Sign up for our daily email and start your day with a practical type 1 diabetes and mental health tip delivered straight to your inbox. It's like a personal boost for your day, from me to you. And best of all, it's absolutely free. Don't wait. Go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip and subscribe today because every day with type 1 diabetes deserves a healthy start. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip. This podcast is brought to you by Ultra Rapid Acting Inhaled Insulin. If you live with type 1 diabetes and you live in the United States, you know that dealing with insurance companies and medical device companies can be challenging. They don't really understand the realities of living with type 1 diabetes. And that lack of empathy and lack of understanding can create policies that can increase the emotional burden of life with type 1 diabetes. Welcome to Live Free with T1D podcast, brought to you by the Diabetes Psychologist. This is the only podcast where we teach you how to build your type 1 diabetes stress management plan like a sailboat. You are the captain, your diabetes management is the hull, your mindset is the sails, your behavior is the rudder, and your support team is the crew. When you build your sailboat correctly, you will have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and on this episode of the podcast, I coach Rob. Rob has made it his life's mission to fight with insurance companies and medical device companies to help them change policies so they can understand the experience of life with type 1 diabetes and bring humanity back into the world of healthcare. Now for Rob, this is a tough mission because oftentimes his efforts don't have any tangible results. In this conversation, I talked to Rob to make sure that his efforts are aligned with his values so that he feels like he's making a difference even if he doesn't see any outcome. Also, we talk about balancing his efforts with these big companies with tangible efforts in his community where he can see the impact of the work he's doing in an immediate way. If you've ever had a frustration with an insurance company, a medical device company, or a pharmaceutical company, this episode will put a smile on your face. Rob, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself and about your 29 years with type 1 diabetes. Hi, thanks, Mark. Um, so my name is Rob Harris. I live in western Colorado in a small town called Grand Junction. We're equally distant from Denver, where a lot of services are located, and Salt Lake, where even more services are located. Um, I was diagnosed on the 4th of July. Um, I'll, I'll never forget that, that uh, day. I was working as a young man at the age of 14 doing summer work with a concrete company. And I just started feeling real sick. And everybody thought it was because of the hard work doing concrete. And come to find out, we were camping as a family for the holiday weekend. And um, I pulled my shirt off to go swimming and I had lost a significant amount of weight. And uh, but by, the, by luck and, and I think divine intervention, our neighbor was a nurse. And uh, she thought, hey, there's something seriously wrong with this kid. He's, he's a pretty healthy guy. And brought home my blood sugar tester, and I was, uh, it said over uh, or, or high, high limit, I think is what they said at the time. 
and uh, immediately went to the emergency room with, with a blood sugar of 997. And I'll, I'll remember driving down the big long road and all I can think of was how fun and funny the stoplights looked. But luckily, it was, uh, it was a healthy intervention finally and, and off to the races we went. So almost 30 years with diabetes, type 1 diabetes and, and doing very well, no, little to no complications and um, it's going good. Well, I have a couple questions just before we get started with our, our conversation about, you know, the challenge that you're having right now. The first is 4th of July. That's a, the memorable anniversary. And I'm curious, do you do anything on the 4th of July every year to commemorate that day? You know, I, that's probably a good idea. And I probably should, you know, now that it's been so long, it's almost turned into just a daily routine of, I, I often think about it and reflect but yeah that's a great idea i think i think this year will be the first year to do that yeah i mean you could have you know a burger and a beer if you drink or you know just something something to i don't want to say celebrate the day because it's not celebrate day for celebration but certainly day to commemorate and since you have such a memorable one i would highly encourage you to do that um and the, 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 my next question is not really a question, but just, to, you know, a little bit of a laugh. But, you know, you didn't make it to a thousand. You, were, you, were, you got stuck at 997 blood sugar. You couldn't make it all the way up to to a thousand. Probably a good thing, though. That those three points may, may have done you in. <laughs> right. Those were the last three numbers that, that could have been the, been the, the, the last of Rob. But no, we, we, we were very lucky. Mike. No, I remember my blood sugar was eight thirty four when I was diagnosed. The number I'll never forget. So, and not a not a pleasant experience. I mean, you know, you know, having blood sugar that high is it's miserable, absolutely miserable. And ho- I hope never to be there uh, again. Absolutely, my goal in everyday life is to absolutely prevent that moving forward. And luckily, I've never gotten that that high again before. Rob, one of the things that I'm hearing about a lot recently from my patients and people I'm talking to are the challenges that they're having with the healthcare system, um, with insurance companies, with medical device companies, with pharmaceutical companies. It seems like, I, as we were talking about before we started the recording, things are getting more challenging. At least they are you know, for some of us. And I know that can cause a lot of stress. And I know that's something that you want to talk about today. And can I talk about how you know, we can't obviously change the companies, but certainly how we can change our approach to how we how we deal with and think about these challenges that make that our approach can make life with type one diabetes a little bit a little bit easier. But I want to hear from you about, you know, what are the biggest challenges that you're having right now with health insurance, with medical device companies, and you know, more importantly, how is it impacting your life on a daily basis? Well, that's that's a very important topic, and I'm I'm glad that we're talking about it because it, it's one of the stresses that I don't think are are often reflected in the conversations regarding type one diabetes. You know, having having had this disease for almost thirty years, I'm no stranger to the landscape of insurance, healthcare, and and lately the challenges that I've had are just the lack of understanding of the impact of deductibles and billing issues and the complications that that happened. As a matter of fact, I just sent an email to, to my contact with one of the large uh, pump manufacturers to talk about a billing hold that I have on my account. Um, you know, it's it's just not necessarily a large number that's owed, but there's been some insurance complications this year 
regarding, um, you know, just some of the understanding of the deductibles. You know, we have a family that has, you know, quite a complex uh, healthcare needs and, and there's some billing issues that are coming up and now it's affecting my orders for my regular insulin pump supplies. And for me, it's it's a good time to have conversations with these people and let them know that some of their policies and practices, while they may be good for the business end of things, it's important for the patients to have a voice in that and to really talk about, you know, maybe there's some stuff that can change in that. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, you know, as comfortable as you are talking about specifics, you know, both you know, what are the challenges from a high level, but also more importantly, when you're, when you're feel like you're fighting against the insurance companies and the the pump manufacturers and, and those, those things, how does that impact your life, your, your blood sugar management, just, and the way you're thinking about life with diabetes? Yeah, that's a perfect point. I mean, the day-to-day activities, it's stressful enough living with a chronic disease and then living with a chronic disease that has to have interventions regarding your medical supplies. Well, for right now, uh, you know, I've, I've got my CGM supplies are on hold. You know, I'm excited about this new upgrade that's coming out and it should be imminent. But right now, none of it's going to happen because of this discrepancy with the billing. And so what I'm, what the approach that I'm taking is, is really just being a voice and informing the companies. You know, I, I was on the phone yesterday with a big, um, with Cigna, one of the, one of the major players in healthcare insurance. And, um, you know, just letting them know that, that some of the practices and, and stuff that they do on the, on the business end really have an effect down to me and my blood sugars. You know, today I'm, uh, you know, normally I have a real good control. And just in the last couple of days and the stress of dealing with, uh, with these big companies, it, my blood sugar is a little bit high. And then that creates a little bit higher irritability. And then that creates family issues and home issues. And, you know, when you're, when you're not feeling well, that really can affect uh, all aspects of your life. Yeah, I think it can be really frustrating having to deal with these big companies, especially the ones that don't know diabetes well. Now, certainly you know, the pump companies and the CGM companies have their own issues. But, you know, when you're dealing with Cigna, they, they don't know diabetes from asthma. At least the person you're talking to in the building department doesn't. And so for, for, for them, you're just a number and you, that's, how, that's how you feel. But really bringing that information about the patient experience in is so important. And the, the thing I find so ironic, Rob, is that, you know, you said that your blood sugar is higher over the past couple of days, and hopefully that comes down. I'm sure that it will. But you know, they're, but if it didn't over time, their intransigence and they're, you know, making you fight with them, it's probably going to cost them more money. Not only from the people, the time of their people that their, their staff members are spending talking to you, but also, you know, God forbid your medical expenses because of other challenges you have because of diabetes. It, it just makes no sense. Yo, you're absolutely right. You know, I'm not just a key performance indicator. You know, I'm not just a number to their algorithm that says I'm, I'm well or well. And that's the problem that I think in, in today's healthcare landscape is there's such a drive in this value uh, or, or the value-based model to where we're forgetting about the humanity of the situation. We're forgetting about that, you know, I'm not going to fit into their little boxes and they can't just check me off and say, this is the minimum we're going to do, they need to understand that there's, there is significant um, um, risk. And if they, if, if I'm not well, it's only going to cost them more money. 
And so it, it really is a good conversation to have with those either the frontline customer service or I've even escalated it up to, to some pretty high level management. But just understanding that in the long run, a well cared for diabetic is a is a is cheaper on the bottom line. For sure, for sure. And, you know, I, I wish we'd have to talk about the money issue with diabetes and, you know, the the companies, but that's the reality of the world that we live in. And unfortunately, um, you know, that's not going to change, at least uh, right now. And neither one of us have the power to change that. But I think that what we do have the power to do and where, where I want to focus our conversation today on the coaching is, you know, where you have the interest and the power and the control to be able to make changes and make your voice heard, maybe with success, maybe without success, and where you don't and helping you to kind of differentiate that. Because I think that can be a helpful thing so that you know when you're going into these conversations why you're doing it. You know, one of the things I talk about is remembering that you are the captain of your diabetes management sailboat. And so you get to decide how you spend your time, where you spend your efforts and where you're, where you're going. And, and I wonder that for you is making your voice heard and educating people to the best of your ability. Cause it sounds like it's taking a lot of time and effort for you. How important is that to you? If the outcome doesn't change, if, if it doesn't make any difference. And I think, and, and there's, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer in my opinion, but it's really a matter of like, what are your values and where, what, where do you want to spend your time and efforts and energy um, in helping you to navigate this maze of challenge with diabetes? When thinking about expanding your diabetes management toolkit, you may not be thinking about insulin. There haven't been a lot of new insulins to put in your toolbox. Sure, there are different brands, but nothing really unique when it comes to insulin delivery, except for Afrezza. Afrezza, insulin human inhalation powder, is unique because it's the only ultra-rapid-acting inhaled insulin available. It's a man-made, orally inhaled insulin and is used to control high blood sugar in adults with diabetes without the need for mealtime insulin injections. Once you inhale Afrezza into your lungs using the inhaler, it will start reducing your blood sugar in about 12 minutes, and it's out of your bloodstream within 1.5 to 3 hours, depending on the dose. Keep in mind that Afrezza must be used with basal insulin in people who have type 1 diabetes. To learn more about inhaled insulin, visit www.afrezza.com. That's A-F-R-E-Z-Z-A dot com. Afrezza is a rapid-acting inhaled insulin used to control high blood sugar in adults with diabetes mellitus. Afrezza may cause serious side effects, including sudden lung problems, low potassium, and heart failure. Afrezza is not for patients with chronic lung disease, such as asthma or COPD. Tell your doctor if you smoke, recently stopped smoking, have ever had kidney or liver problems, a history of lung cancer, or if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Most common side effects are low blood sugar, cough, and sore throat. Severe low blood sugar can be fatal. Do not replace basal insulin with Afrezza. Afrezza is not for use to treat diabetic ketoacidosis. Do not take Afrezza if you are allergic to insulin. Talk to your doctor before changing your Afrezza dose. Blood sugar may need to be checked more frequently. 
Yeah, that's a that's a significant point for me because I do I spend a lot of time and effort and energy and and in trying to advocate for other type type one diabetics, but also in the arenas of making sure that these folks that that don't know maybe my story could be the one that shifts some of that trajectory and maybe it'll shift some of the the attitudes. And I often don't know whether or not my conversations will actually directly affect any change. But I do sometimes feel better. I do feel better by just telling him that sometimes this is how it is for me. This is how it's affecting my life. And and I'm hopeful. I, I'm always an eternal optimist. I think that's been one of my keys to success with diabetes especially. But I, I think that that's not for me to decide. My part was done with the conversation. And then I can I can just be hopeful that maybe that will drive some policy change. Maybe that'll drive some just an attitude change that, you know, when I call and talk to these various people in their customer service roles, that maybe some of that empathy could be passed on and, and maybe that changes it. Yeah, and I think that's phenomenal. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, I see nothing wrong with you having these conversations, even if they're on a regular basis in there and you feel like you're banging your head against the wall. Because what it sounds like to me is that what you're doing is both advocating for change um, with knowledge that you're, you may or may not be successful, but really what, where the core of it is, you are living in accordance with what's important to you, your values. Values, values of advocating for others with, other with diabetes, making people whose voice is not heard, heard in this system. And whether or not, and I think that whether or not you're successful at it or not, or whether, whether you know you're successful, I mean, because you may, you may, you may, you may make change without knowing it, your ability to do that and feel good about that time and effort spent, I think is really key. And so I want to congratulate you there and, and say, you know, good job and thank you. But also that I think that's a healthy thing as, as long as you recognize why you're doing it and also the, the limitations of your knowledge of what the outcome could be. Absolutely. And, you know, tough conversations are, are hard. And a lot of people shy away from that because they are hard and because there may not be a, um, a, a, a tangible outcome that they are able to receive. And so for me, it's really comes down to if I'm not doing it, then who is? And so then it, that's empowering. And so it gives me in, in diabetes, we don't always have choice in some of the stuff that happens. And this is one area that I can feel empowered and definitely make this choice to to drive some of the change and just the conversations that, that need to happen. Great. And I think the other thing I want to talk about, which I think it sounds like you're doing really well with, is um, you know, I'm, I'm going to put this under getting support. Um, you know, really, really, and not that the, the person on the phone, on the other end of the phone is going to be, is, you know, your biggest supporter. But you as an advocate, being able to educate them about your experience. I think so much of support, whether it's with our, our spouse or our family members or our healthcare team, is not really about anybody doing anything necessarily. But it is, it is about us as people with diabetes, educating them about what it's like to walk in our shoes and helping them to really understand that from a, an on-the-ground level, not a theoretical textbook level, not a not a protocol on the computer level, but on a real on the ground level and you doing that um, and helping them to hopefully gain some empathy. I think it's a great way to gain support uh, and to really build that support team from people who you'll probably never meet in person and you'll probably never talk to again. Um, and I think that's, you know, I talk about how support 
can take on so many different faces with diabetes. It can be reading a listening to a podcast like this one, or it can be scrolling Instagram or having a conversation. But I think also educating others about the experience of diabetes, I, I think it's a, another way to gain support, you know, for everyone with diabetes um, in in uh, in our world in our community because our community is very tight knit and we're, we're we want to look out for each other. And one of the ways we do that is by letting other people know what it's like to be in our shoes and having the challenges that people with diabetes live with. So, and that's so true. Cause I, I call it, I, I call it the, the, from the trenches, you know, we're the, we're the folks in the trenches. And so sometimes it, um, that, that version of the story isn't like the Instagram perfect. And it's not the, Hey, look at all the great, great, uh, uh, accomplishments that I'm doing, you know, I don't necessarily run a marathon, but my marathons include lots of phone calls and lots of conversations. So sometimes just hearing the reality that, you know, it is tough, but there's, there's uh, joy and, and hope in some of those tough conversations. Yeah. The last thing I want to focus on with you though, is shifting gears a little bit and asking you, you know, a, a lot of these conversations and this advocacy you're doing with insurance and, and the companies that you're dealing with, you don't really see the outcome. And so I would imagine that, that even though you feel empowered by having the conversations, that sometimes you feel like you're, again, head, hitting your head against a brick wall and not and without having any control over what's going to happen and what they're going to do with the information. And that can be frustrating. And I want to make sure, though, that as you're continuing to do that, that you are also focusing on areas of your life, um, not necessarily your diabetes management, but you know, in your relationships and in, in other areas where you can have control over the outcome, or at least have some significant influence there so that you're not always feeling like you are up against the big monster that you cannot beat. And you know, I, I'm curious, do you have any any areas now or ideas about what you can do to continue to to, to see that tangible outcome of, of your actions as opposed to shouting into the, the forest and hoping that the tree will hear you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you asked that because, you know, t- uh, taking care is probably my biggest um, avenue of where I can always improve. And so to be, to be honest, one of the, one of the things that I'm doing on the, on the ground level is I, I volunteer with our local um, a non- nonprofit called Diabetes Counts Network. And that's a grassroots effort here in Western Colorado that's been um, paramount to helping others with type 1 diabetes. And specifically, it's for youth and, and young kids and those that are just newly diagnosed. But but also, it's an opportunity for us uh, veterans and longtime uh, uh, diabetics to to just show the young and new and um, up and comers that, that there is hope and that it's going to be okay. So that's my way of making sure that there's a tangible outcome with some of that feedback. Because, you know, I remember when I was first diagnosed and how big of a mountain that looked like. And so we try to promote, um, just taking it one step at a time, you know, that you don't, you don't eat an elephant, uh, all in one bite, you just once one bite at a time. And I think somebody smart said a quote of, you know, every great journey begins with the first step. And really, that's what we try to promote here in Western Colorado. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would imagine that by doing that, you really see some change and some hope instilled in these kids and people that you're working with, which, you know, you can see the real outcome of your advocacy and your care and education. 
Absolutely. And that's, you know, really important in an area where we, we don't have all of the resources that big cities do. And so sometimes it's just those one-on-one conversations you have with each other that, you know, you can't make up, you can't plan for. And, and really it just comes down to having, having the care and empathy that we're trying to pass on to others in those bigger conversations. So we learned that, that there's a lot of humanity in diabetes. It's not just a bunch of shots or insulin or blood sugar numbers that, you know, it's, it's real and it's human. Absolutely. And I want to really encourage you as we wrap up today to continue your advocacy on the big level, to continue having these conversations, but also to make sure that you balance it and always balance it with that human touch where you can see the impact that you're having in a very tangible way or in a very, you know, real way on a, the child's face or in a child's um, attitude change through that. Because I could imagine that if you don't have that balance, then the frustration and burnout of fighting, fighting against the man, if you will, um, the big, the big beast of insurance and medical device companies, it can get exhausting and burn you out and, and get you to a place where you're feeling like I just can't make a difference. And the last thing I want to have you, ha- what have you do, Rob, is give up because the fight, the, the things that you're doing sound so valuable and so important to our community. Rob, I want to thank you so much for this conversation. It's been it's been great, and I you inspire me that in your your fierceness and your your um your fearlessness in having this conversation, making the needs of people with diabetes known to um, insurance companies and and everyone who needs to hear it. Um, but also that balance that you have of recognizing the humanity and you know just keep that balance up and make sure that you that you're empowered in everything that you're doing. And if you ever feel disempowered, you know, it may be time to take a step back and ask yourself, is this, is this worth my time and effort? And maybe the answer is yes, maybe the answer is no, but um, it is worth reflecting on. Great. Well, thank you very much for pointing that out. Cause I think we do all need reminders to make sure to take good care of ourselves as we're taking care of everyone else uh, um, in the journey. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Rob. At the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action that you can use starting today to reduce the emotional burden of living with type 1 diabetes. And today, your plan of action is find balance and make sure that you have balance in your life with type 1 diabetes. In talking to Rob, he was doing advocacy and it was really bringing him comfort and empowerment, but he was having trouble seeing tangible results to his actions. And whether it's with your blood sugars or your relationships or your emotions, you want to make sure that you have examples where your behavior is making a difference that you can see. That will keep you going. If you find yourself frustrated because you're not seeing the tangible results of your efforts, make sure that you find balance so you have some examples where tangible results are real and you can see the difference that your behavior makes. Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast, where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat so you can have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.